You're listening to Through the Rift, your guide to enjoying your favorite game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of Through the Rift. I'm Lex. And I'm Nikki. And today we're talking about gathering and crafting. Woohoo! We'll also have overachievers, tips and tricks, and guild perks. So pour yourselves a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Through the Rift. The faceless man orders, and I obey. I don't ask questions. Let's start the show off by talking about what we've been up to this week. What have you been doing in game, Nikki? Well, let me start off by talking about our dimension. I've been in our guild dimension, um, just kind of trying things out and playing around with stuff. Oh, I tried out the sky projectors again, and I found out that if you put down multiple projectors at a time, the last one you put out overrides the others. Interesting. Yeah, so I had the death projector out and I wanted to try the life one, forgot to take the death projector and put it back in my bag and that's how I figured that out. But <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah, and I haven't really kept one out for long periods of time. I kind of just put them down to see what they look like and put them back in my bag because I can't see very well when I'm decorating in the dimension if I have a sky projector out because it kind of coats everything with a certain color. Okay. And in the death projector, uh, projectors instance it kind of makes it uh, murky too and some of them make the environment foggy so i don't like having them out while i'm while i'm in there yeah that but. makes sense it'd be kind of cool if they had one um that was like ultimate lighting for just using when you're decorating oh that would be great make things brighter or yeah. make the sky less cloudy or i'd love one to change the time of day do they have anything like that? Because they really should. Well, I know the the devs do, um, at least on their test server. We saw in the live stream the other day how they could just uh, do a command and change the time of day. That was awesome. Yeah. I love that in the dimension. That'd be great. Yeah, to any time. They could be really specific with it. It was awesome. The best part was, though, that they could change the run speed. So I loved when he made himself run, like, oh, I don't know, 100 times faster than normal. <laughs> it was amazing. I think it'd be fun if you could set your dimension to always be a certain time. So it's always midnight in our dimension with the moon up and everything or something oh, like that. That would be great around Halloween, too. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. All right. Ideas, ideas. Another idea I had, I, it's my new wish, is that I'd love to be able to put pictures of our characters on the walls like little pictures. I mean, they could be, they could just take our unit frames, but if I could put those on the walls and kind of have like a picture of the um, guild leaders or I don't know, the lieutenants in our guild or whatever. Or if you could use screenshots and make pictures of your screenshots. Oh yeah. Well, cool. that would be great, but I kind of doubt they'd ever do that because who knows what's going, who's going to put what on the walls. <laughs> um, oh, I tried to build a loft in our barn. And I found out that there's this gap of space in the environment that your character can't go. Like it can't enter in. It feels like 
there's an invisible barrier there. And the closer you go to the ceiling, the um, the bigger the barrier becomes. So it looks like I won't even be able to build a second level in our barn. I'm a little disappointed. But <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, and I don't think it's a bug. I think that's just how the roof is built. But what are you going to do? Yeah. I also visited Hylol for the first time, and I talked to every merchant I could find just because they were all little animals. It was so pretty there, and um, I really am glad that I got to visit. I think I'm going to have to make that my new hub. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Hylol. Yeah, I just wish that you could craft there, and I kind of wish they had an auction house there. I mean, you might be able to craft there, I don't know, but I know they don't have an auction house. I also did, oh, I did underwater carnage quests and some underwater instant adventures. That was a lot of fun. Um, Tip for people that are new to the game. Look out for altars when you're underwater because you can pray at the altar and then they give you the ability to breathe. There's also these little air vents and you swim up to them and click on those and you can have the ability to breathe with those as well. I know Lex and I don't need it because we have a little trinket that allows us to breathe underwater. Well, they also give you a swim speed buff, so that's nice too. Even if you have have that trinket, you can still get the swim speed increase. Oh, good point. Okay, and that's with the altars and the air vents, do you think? I don't know about altars, but definitely the air vents. Okay. Okay, and then I had a lot of fun helping you dye your outfit. Yes, I got my makeover, people. (laughs) So now you're red, blue, and gold? Yeah, I am rocking the Superman colors. That's right. And I think we ended up just using colors that you could buy from the store. Yes. I tried out all the new colors that you made um, from your new dye recipes, but they just didn't match very well with the the metal that was already on your outfit because some of the metal I couldn't dye. And it was just going to be yellow. Actually, um, only... one set of those colors were new colors and that was the sky blue i believe the rest of those were all colors that i've been able to make forever Mm. the the problem is is i got all these recipes and here's a tip uh to our listeners if you're gonna buy a bunch of recipes you might want to look at the mats required to make that item before you buy them because i didn't realize but a lot of uh the new dye recipes require mats that you basically have to either raid to get them or you have to have a ton of platinum to spend on the auction house so like the sapphire and the ruby the more high-end colors um i'm not gonna be making those anytime soon oh my gosh how much like you're talking 100 platinum just to make one of the dyes um, no, you're probably talking a hundred or a few hundred platinum per mat and you're going to need more than <laughs> one mat, obviously, to, to make the thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. I wonder if that'll ever come down as the game gets a little older. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. But for now, um, for whatever reason, uh, some of those dies, you, if you're not a raider, good luck. So are you sick of your colors, your new colors yet? Or are you happy with them? No, no, I like them. Um, I've had uh, my old color scheme, which was just plain old green, uh, dark seafoam and dark cyan, mm-hmm. I believe, were my three main colors. And then every once in a while, I'd have like, I think some kind of brown or something for an accent color. I've had that scheme since 40 something Wow. For a long time. Like basically the first time. Well, no, I take that back. The first time I did a dye job, 
it was like some blues and purples that you did for me. Mm-hmm. And I had that for a little while. I still have um, one of my wardrobe outfits has that color scheme. Um, but then the second uh, makeover you did for me was was those greens. And I've had those forever. Oh, I thought you did the greens yourself. It's been so long. I don't didn't even remember helping you with the green scheme. No, I'm pretty sure you did it. Hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, let me know when you get sick of them. I'll, I'll try to lend my hand again and help you out. <laughs> but yeah, well, maybe when I get uh, some of those more high-end uh, dyes made, I, I might want to see what we can do with those. But until okay. then, I'm, I'm very happy with uh, the Superman look. Okay, excellent. And we were trying to match your cape. That was the other limitation because yeah. your defiant cape is all red. Right, and red with the gold uh, emblem. Right, yeah, and it's a really specific gold that I wanted to match, too. Got a little picky there, but anyway, it was fun. <laughs> I'm actually, I guess I'm more um, Iron Man. Yeah. Because most of my outfit is the red and gold, and then I just have a little bit of the blue here and there. Yeah, so. I think your your pants are blue. It's like you're wearing blue jeans with all this armor. <laughs> yeah, and my helmet's got some blue on it, but most of the rest of it is red and gold, which, <laughs> which I'm digging. Excellent. And you also, speaking of the color blue, got the blue Hellbug pet. I'm incredibly jealous. You have the mount and two Hellbug pets now. Yes. Oh, and is the blue Hellbug pet a different color? Yes. Okay. Because by blue, I meant the item, not the actual pet. Um, I'm trying to remember what color it is because the the green item is a red Hellbug. I think it's purple. Oh, oh my gosh. Now I'm really jealous. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny how you can have two things with the exact same model even the same uh skin Mm -hmm. but just different colors and it just totally changes it because i got the the green the common hellbug and um or is green uncommon i think green's uncommon right uh yes white is common green is uncommon blue is rare etc right um well anyway i got i got the green uh hellbug and it's a red hellbug and i was just kind of like yeah whatever I mean, if if Mount Me summons that randomly, I'll keep it out because it's not like stupid. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like, woohoo, that's awesome. Oh, but okay. when I got this blue one and, and the Hellbug is purple, I if I remember right, it just it looks so cool. Like it's I, I love that pet. And oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they're exactly the same, just different <laughs> colors. But one is very much better do in you, my mind. Do they have the same name? Do you remember? Because I think the common or the uncommon was named Skrit. Yeah, you're right. No, the no, they're different. Oh, okay. I mean, they're unique items, so they have to have different, different quote unquote names. names. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But it's I think it's something Hellbug. I, I don't remember what oh, the name of it is. That's weird. Okay, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, we also fought Volon in the zone of Ashura during the Dreams of Blood, Blood and Bone uh, event. And I got an achievement for that because we broke his tail. Um, and I think the achievement was named On Your Knees. But yeah, that was kind of fun. Did you get the achievement for that? I got a Volon? few achievements in that fight. Um, oh, I got okay. the one that we all got for breaking his tail. And then I got another one. I don't remember what it's called, but I got one. Excuse me. I got one for manning one of the, the uh, cannons. Oh, right. Did you do that? Did you man the cannon? Yeah. Okay. So I got that one too. And then you got one that I didn't get, or I I think you got one. Uh, You get an achievement for jumping on his back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't remember the name of that one either, but there's quite a few achievements you can get during that event. Did you get the one for jumping on his back? Yes. 
yes i remember jumping on his back but i don't remember what it's called so that was one of my favorite events i think in the game so far but did you have fun with that one yeah that's probably my favorite zone event that i've done um it's just really epic this guy is huge i i mean just huge i he's got to be the biggest boss i've seen in in rift at least as far as uh zone event bosses um we we fought one or two of the uh colossi and i don't think they were as big as this guy he is huge and um if you haven't done the event you start out kind of out in ashora fighting him and you're like taking out his legs and and all this stuff and um at, at some point, uh, one of the phases in the event, he takes off towards this like walled off uh, city and he busts through the wall and goes into the city. And then uh, once you defeat him in there, there are a bunch of quests that you can get in that city that that's the only time you can get them. And a uh, timer starts, I think it's 90 minutes. Yeah, that sounds right. But anyway, there's this timer and you have that amount of time to to get all these quests done. And I actually didn't get them all done um, because some of them are story quests that, you know, it's like a chain of story quests. So you complete one and they give you another and so on. Right. And I just, um, I probably did it for a good hour. Got a little burnt out. Yeah, I I was, um, you know, we'd be playing for quite a bit at that point and it was... Mm -hmm time to do something else yeah and i i did those too but i got different quests than you did or at least a few different ones and um i think it was because i wasn't 60 yet because i'm still only 59 yeah there were there were one or two that i got that you didn't get so right that's that's my guess too either that or there's some kind of prerequisite quest that you need to have done beforehand that you haven't done well considering i'm still doing quests in cape jewel (laughs) i'm sure i haven't done it yet (laughs) Well, that's all right. There's no shame in that. I mean, there's a ton of things to do in this game and questing is just one of them. So, right. you know, if you don't want to spend your time questing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, you know, Cape, I've actually, I started picking up the story quests in Cape Jewel again and it's a lot of fun. So I, I feel a little bad that I haven't been questing lately, <laughs> but there's just, like you said, there's so many things to distract me, like the dimension now. Right. So I'll go back to it when I can. But what else have you been doing in game, Lex? Well, let's see. I've been doing some questing in the Dendrome. I've been uh, going through the story quests in that game. I, I also uh, will pick up the daily quests and I just kind of do whatever daily quests I can get done while I'm doing the story quests. I've finally gotten all of the particulums in Dendrome. And something that's really nice is this started with Ember Isle is the first time I remember it. When you first went to Ember Isle, you got a quest at the very beginning of the zone in the first quest hub that was basically the objective of the quest was to find all the particulums in the zone. Right. I remember. And it was really great because, you know, you had this quest and if you tracked the quest, then it basically showed you on your map, even though you hadn't uncovered all the map yet, it showed you where the particulums were Mm -hmm. so you could go around and get them all and it seems like most if not all of the zones in storm legion have a quest like that which i really like um that's awesome i haven't gotten those yet yeah well actually now that i think about it i'm i don't think all of them do because i'm pretty sure ashura does not have a quest like that or if it does i i missed it somehow because i just uh 
uh, this weekend, I got a a particulum in in Ashura that I, I didn't know about. Um, but anyway, the Dendrome definitely has this quest. So I finally completed that, and I have all of the particulums in the Dendrome. Um, I've How been, many are there? Uh, I think there are three or four. I don't okay. remember for sure. Um, I've been doing some instant adventures, and I've been doing instant adventures uh, exclusively in Storm Legion. And quite a few times I've been lucky enough to get instant adventure in either uh, Ashura, Steps of Infinity, or Dendrome, which always makes me happy because I'm, I'm then getting Infinity Stone instead of the Imperial Source Stone, which once you get to 60, they're useless. Right. And, but you can turn them in to get Infinity Stone, right? No. You can't. However, oh um, that does remind me of something that we forgot to mention in our bonus episode that we did uh, for the live stream this last Friday. Mm-hmm. They did uh, mention that they are planning at some point, they didn't say exactly when, they're planning or maybe I shouldn't say they're planning, they're thinking about getting rid of the Imperial Source Stone. Uh, they were talking about how when they were designing Storm Legion, to, at the time it made a lot of sense to them to have uh, one kind of source stone that you receive while you're leveling from 50 to 60, and then another kind of source stone that you get after level 60 for your endgame stuff. Mm-hmm. But now that you know we're all at endgame and they're looking back, they're kind of like, you know, this doesn't really make a lot of sense to have two different source stones. Um, so they're thinking about getting rid of the Imperial Source Stones. And so I would assume um, at that point that you will either be able to turn those in for Planarite, like you can do all the other Source Stones. Okay. Or what I'm hoping is that you'll be able to trade those in for Infinity Stone. And obviously it won't be a one for one, you know, because infin- one Infinity Stone is going to be worth a lot more than one Imperial Source Stone. So, you know, I would anticipate there would be some kind of exchange factor there. Like maybe, I don't know, I'm just off the top of my head, maybe, you know, 10 or 20 Imperial stones for one Infinity Stone or something like that. But whatever that exchange rate was, I would be happy because I've got thousands of Imperial stones that there's literally nothing I can buy with them that's worth anything to me. What a bummer. Yeah, so and and you still get them right. when you're doing instant adventure in any of the Storm Legion zones that aren't the level 60 zones. So, um yeah, we'll we'll have to see about yeah. that. So, you know, people like me that are accumulating those imperial stones, don't despair and so, don't just get rid of them. <laughs> well, there's I I guess you could just buy junk and rune break it or something, but other than that there's not really a way to get rid of them. Um but yeah, don't despair. Um, hopefully in the future we'll be able to do something with those. At the very least, I'm sure eventually you'll be able to turn them in for Planarite because you can do that with um, the inscribed source stone and all the source stones before that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, I've also done some dailies in Ashura. And uh, maybe I should put this in tips and tricks. I don't know. But since we're talking about it now, I do have a little tip for anybody who's level 60 or close to level 60. Ooh, ooh, that's me. Yeah, so when you go to Ashura, um, there are basically kind of like daily gathering quests. And it's not a kind of quest where it gives you a quest that you have in your quest log. But you will see 
at um, the strongholds and also at the oh the particulum in the middle of the zone where you get a lot of daily quests. I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's kind of up on platforms, okay, right we- in the middle of Ashura. But um, there you will see a an NPC who has this like green icon over his head. It looks kind of like a box. And these guys are also at the strongholds. And when you talk to this guy, you can turn in these special gathering materials to him. So the only one I remember off the top of my head is there, there's a strontium ore. So in a lot of the Storm Legion zones, when you're mining rhenium or, or some of the other uh, Storm Legion ores, in addition to your rhenium, you'll get some of these strontium ores. And these are uh, special mat that you can't make anything with it you just turn it into these npcs and you get you know experience and you get notoriety uh for turning these in and there are versions of these mats for all of the gathering professions so there's um well maybe not i'm not sure about butchering but for like foraging there are things that you forage and mining there are things that you mine that are these special mats that you turn in. No, I take it back. There are butchering ones because there's like bones and teeth kind of things. Oh, good. So my tip is, is once you're to the level that you can turn these things in, Mm -hmm. you really want to go to Ashura. Sorry, man, that beer. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go to Ashura every day that you play and turn these in because you will quickly, if you gather much at all, you will quickly accumulate more than you can turn in in a day and it only lets you turn in each of these mats once per day oh okay so there's like for instance there's some kind of bone or something that you get from butchering that you can only turn in like five of them once per day and i have like 50 of the things whoa because i didn't know this tip that i'm giving you guys Mm -hmm. and um, I was gathering these things for a long time and never turned them in because I thought it would be something where I could just turn it in over and over and over right. and get all my notoriety. But it's like a daily kind of thing. You can only turn each of those in once per day. Wow. So, yeah, once you're in those zones and you see yourself getting those mats that aren't the aren't things you can craft with, but they're just things that you turn in. Mm-hmm. And, and when you mouse over the mat in the tooltip, it will tell you, you know, this item can be turned in to NPCs in Ashura for notoriety or something like that. Okay. So when you start accumulating those, definitely go to Ashura every day you play and turn in what you can turn in so you don't end up like me and you have your bags full with these things and you can only get rid of a few a day. (laughs) But now you don't have to go out and gather those for another month or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, is I'm, I'm kind of OCD with the gathering. So... It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Um, anytime I'm running around and I see a gathering node on my mini map, like I, I feel compelled to go get it because I'm like, it's just platinum for the taking, you know? Right. <laughs> so I'm, I, I've got these things stacked up and I'm constantly getting more and more. <laughs> um, I've also been doing uh, zone events, uh, mainly in Ashura and the Dendrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about the Volon one, but um, basically every chance I get, I, I do those zone events, not just to, to stack up the Infinity Stone, but because I, I think they're fun. I think uh, for me personally, my favorite things to do in the game are the zone events and the rifts. So that's just me. Yeah, no, I agree. The zone events pull you into the story. Yeah, 
Yeah, totally. And and it's just um, I don't I don't know if if you quest a lot. I'm sure you've noticed that um, you could boil all the quests in this game down to uh, you know maybe ten or so like quest archetypes for lack of a better term you know you've yeah. got your go out and kill so many of these guys and your go out and gather so many of these things and go out and use this item on this mob and then mm-hmm. collect this thing or whatever you know and, right. and Rift is a lot better than other MMOs I've played like they have much more variety in those types than other games I've played but it's mm-hmm. still you know when you've quested from level 1 to level 60 I mean you've noticed that many quests are kind of the same quest with just a different skin on it um and and a lot of things in the game are like that instant adventure you know uh dungeons you know stuff you know if you do any one thing in the game exclusively for a long period of time it gets kind of repetitive and and for me uh the zone events are not so much like that um though i'm sure there are people that do nothing but zone events all day, every day, and they seem repetitive to them. But <laughs> but for me, you know, there's enough variety in the zone events within a given zone and the zone events in different zones that um, every time one comes up, it's like, oh, now I can do something totally different from what whatever it was I've been doing. Yeah. Um, I've also uh, started a new project yesterday. Um, my bank was full. My bags were full. Uh, mainly of uh, crafting mats because I've just I've got all the the gathering professions and I just compulsively gather everything I see except fishing I, I don't do the fishing so much <laughs> and uh, I've, I've got all my um, professions max now except I think survival and fishing which I'm not concerned about but I've got my armor smithing my rune crafting my artificer my apothecary all maxed so um you know, I've, I've been a little plat starved lately and I thought, you know, instead of doing these dailies that are really, if you think about it, they're brilliant money sinks. They're just ways to destroy a bunch of platinum in the game because <laughs> you hand in all these mats that you could sell for tons of platinum on the auction house and you get like one platinum yeah. and, you know, some more mats or whatever. Yep. And, um, I've, you know, I've got a few recipes I want to get, but I don't really need to be farming the artisan and master and grandmaster mark so i'm like you know what i am gonna sell all my mats in my bank and uh i'll get some platinum and then i can kind of start over and and when i gather i can kind of keep the things i need right like i'm i'm storing up mats for the imperial bags so that you can uh, make me more of those oh yeah imperium 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 bags imperium (laughs) from the imperium silk yeah. So I'm saving those, but um, like for instance, I had over a hundred Empyrean source stones, or not Empyrean source stones, Empyrean uh, planar dust. Is that right? Empyrean okay. planar dust. Yeah. Um, because you know you get those from doing rifts and stuff, and I also I play the lootables scratch game on mm-hmm. the uh, smartphone app, so I just accumulate those way faster than I use them, and I had over a hundred of them. And so I sold a bunch of those and all my other mats and I just started selling them yesterday and I've already made over 600 platinum and I still have more crap to sell. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm going to try and save up for Rex. I I meant to check on the auction house, what they're going for lately. I'm guessing somewhere around thousand, twelve hundred plat, but I want to buy a Rex. Um, there are some things with credits I would like to buy and I just really, um, you know, we just spent some money on some, uh, studio equipment. 
if you haven't noticed, hopefully we sound a little bit better Yay. in this episode. Um, so I don't really feel good about uh, spending money for credits right now. So I'm going to try to do it in game. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. How much uh, or what What are you looking to buy? Do you know with credits? Yeah, well, um, there's a belt that you can make with armor smithing for a cleric tank that is um, best in slot until uh, raiding. Um, it's better even, I guess, than some of the belts that drop off the early raid bosses. Uh, however, the uh, recipe for that, I found it in the store and you can only get it with credits. So um, I am guessing that that recipe either drops in an expert dungeon or in a raid somewhere. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen it drop. And so I was thinking I would get that with credits. Um, what else was I was I wanting to get? Was um, it wardrobe? Perhaps? No. Um, no. Oh, I was thinking about getting... I have three of the expert pieces right now. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about just taking a shortcut and getting uh, my third... Ex- or I mean my fourth expert piece with credits. Oh, okay. So I can uh, have my four-piece set bonus... Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, all those are upgradable and the items you need to upgrade them. Uh, if you're getting them with the Imperial Slayer marks, they are expensive. Ooh. So I could easily, uh, get a Rex worth of credits and I'm not even sure if it would be enough to buy one of those. Like, like if you, <laughs> if you buy it with, uh, credits, they're expensive. If you buy them with the, the marks you get from the experts, they're expensive. They're just expensive no matter how you do it. <laughs> But um, really, it even, and I guess I'm I'm falling victim to uh, Tryon's brilliant marketing scheme with their <laughs> free to play model. Is even more than like specific things I want to buy with the credits. Mm-hmm. I just want to spend credits because I want the loyalty. I'm I'm looking at the uh, some of the purple tier uh, loyalty things you get, like uh, Infinity's Reach or something like that. There's a dimension that you can get that is fucking awesome oh that's the one out in space right yeah it's in orbit of talara you can see talara uh from space you can see one of the other planets in the talaran system which are fairly close by um it's just it's beautiful i really want that dimension um you also get like a bag i forget how many slots but it's bigger than a bag you can craft right now um you get some really cool uh loyalty rewards in that purple tier Oh, that's great. I'm not even at blue yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, try on your strategy is working because I'm <laughs> I'm literally looking for things to buy with credits so I have an excuse to spend credits and get more loyalty. Wow. Because, um, yeah, <laughs> some of those rewards are, are very appealing to me. And, and plus there's just the, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? The... The nerd cred, I guess. Uh, bragging rights. Yeah, for for having that level of loyalty. Do you get a title so you, you can everybody can know? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think maybe you do. I'm not <laughs> sure about that. Um, I've been saving up Infinity Stone, and uh, I got enough that I got the uh, mace from the world vendor that goes with my shield. Nice. Uh, the shield, I've done the first upgrade of two upgrades you can do on the shield, and I got enough of the infinity stone that I was able to get the mace and get the first upgrade for the mace. Great. So now I'm saving up to uh, upgrade both the mace and the shield, and then they'll both be purple and they'll have a little two piece set bonus with each other, which will be cool. If you can have purple fever again, like we did when we were 50. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
get the purple fever. That's right. Um, right now, I'm still trying to get all blue or better items. I've still got a green seal, but I got the recipe today to get to get a better seal that will be blue. Um, or is it blue or is it purple? I'm not sure. I've had the recipe for the best seal, uh, tanking seal that you can make right now mm-hmm. for quite a while, but the mats for that are crazy. Oh, there okay. are some mats. Um, they're various souls that you get. They're raid drops. So you either oh. got a raid to get those or buy them on the auction house for way too much plat. <laughs> so today I, I got the uh, the second best seal recipe and. That one's pretty easy to make. You just need some rhenium and some carthite and stuff. But uh, I just sold all my rhenium and carthite. So, <laughs> oh, and, that's right. And my soul hide. So I'm or not soul hide. What's what's the? Uh, is it soul hide the best leather? No, but I can't recall off the top of my head. What true hide? True, true hide, hide is true hide the best. Uber hide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You need some of that too. So I'm gonna have something something to gather for. Again. Okay. So, are your is your bank now completely empty? Not completely, but oh, it's okay. it's there's a lot of space in my bank now. Excellent. And I made my second uh, tanking ring, so I've got both the tanking rings now. Yay! And I I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'm finally uh, maxed out 375 in artificer and rune crafting. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, that was painful. Those <laughs> those are two painful professions to. Uh, to max out but uh we're going to be talking more about professions later in the show yeah right nikki that's right but uh yeah that's uh pretty much what i've been up to in game uh exciting stuff tell me elf woman do you ascended have good need before we go any further why don't you share with our listeners what we're drinking yeah, so this is a special episode of Through the Rift because Nikki and I are both drinking the same thing. Ooh. We are drinking an ale called Delirium Tremens. Yep. And this one is pretty well known um, to a lot of beer drinkers, I guess, and craft brewers. And uh, it's highly ranked on a lot of sites and also in books. Yeah, if you... Uh, I, I could pretty much give you the challenge, pick up any book that's like... 50 best beers in the world or 100 best beers in the world mm-hmm. or a similar site and this beer will be number one. Yeah. Um, I I won't say everybody loves this beer, but a lot of people love this beer. This is a beer from Belgium. Uh, Belgium, if you don't know, um, if if you're someone who says, I don't like beer, first of all, uh, Nikki and I would say to you, You do like beer. You just haven't had the right beer yet. That's right. There are so many different types of beer, Mm -hmm. especially when you start considering things like hard cider and lambics that um, I'm confident in saying um, you come up to me and we take some time. We will find a beer or lambic or a cider that you like. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I lost my train of thought with that. But oh, Belgium, Belgium, uh, they uh, have a lot of different styles of beer they have a lot of beers that you just won't have a beer like that anywhere else unless you're drinking a beer that's imitating a belgian beer so if you're saying if you're someone who says i don't like beer but you want to be adventuresome and find a beer that you do like i would recommend trying some belgian beers yeah for sure there's a variety of tastes and a lot of them are very different than um, the normal i don't know the common stuff you'd see in a bar around uh, here in america 
So this beer, uh, Delirium Tremens, is a Belgian ale. It's brewed by the family brewery of Hoiga. <laughs> and I'm probably not saying that right because it's a Belgian name, but it's spelled H-U-Y-G-H-E. They have been around since 1654. Wow. They've been making beer. That's awesome. <laughs> so they know what they're doing. Um, this is an 8.5% ABV uh, beer. So uh, for those of you that maybe aren't uh, totally beer savvy, um, you're... Um, kind of average beers. Yeah, your average beer. Like if you're going to buy a Budweiser or... Yeah. God forbid, or something like that. You're, you're <laughs> I didn't talking, want to actually say the name, but <laughs> you're, you're talking like four and a half percent alcohol in yeah, a beer five. like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, this is pretty much double double strength of uh, those kinds of beers. So uh, you definitely, it's a sipping beer. Um, you don't want to throw three of these back and go for a drive. It would not be good. You no, would be well don't. over the limit. Yes. <laughs> um, but this uh, comes. Uh, from the store where we got it, it comes in a in a large bottle. It looks basically like a wine bottle. It's that size. Um, so we're sharing a bottle. Yep. <laughs> it is delicious. It's, uh, if you've ever had Duval, which is a pretty easy to get uh, Belgian golden ale here right. in the States, uh, it's similar to that, but I'd, I'd say it's better. Yeah, this is definitely more cloudy than a Duval, I think. A yeah, Duval's pretty clear, but this is golden. Yeah, and an interesting thing about beer, um, if you drink a Belgian beer, you'll you'll notice uh, kind of the spiciness to it. They all mm-hmm. have, whether you're drinking a, a double or a triple or a golden ale or a brown ale, they, they have different flavor characters. But a lot of that flavor is actually coming from the yeast. Um, for instance, in, uh, one of my favorite kinds of beers is uh, German Hefeweizen, which a good gem- German mm. Hefeweizen Hefeweizen. When you drink it, you will taste uh, kind of a banana flavor and a clove flavor. Mm -hmm. And there are no bananas or cloves in that beer. All of that flavor is coming from compounds that the yeast uh, basically poop out when (laughs) they're uh, metabolizing the sugar and creating alcohol. And so different uh, strains of yeast will uh, create different flavor profiles. So it's really interesting... um, for us uh, microbiologists out there, <laughs> the, uh, kind of the chemistry involved. Yeah. And did you know delirium tremens is actually a severe form of alcohol withdrawal? That's where they got the name. Right. It's like some, some kind of uh, like tremors that you get, right? right? I, yeah. I would guess that tremens is Belgian for tremors. I would guess so because the other name for uh, having the delirium tremens is having the shakes. So that makes sense to me. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's delirium. It's the proper spelling of the word uh, D E L I R I U M, not the uh, spelling of one of my favorites, if not my favorite uh, trance group, Delirium. Oh yeah, <laughs> what a coincidence! Which oh my god, I would love to be able to play some Delirium in our bed music. But, I know uh, we don't yeah. want to get in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I would only do it legally, and that is well beyond our means, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever license we have to pay to get that. Yeah, right. So if you guys want to hear Delirium on the show, um, start donating. <laughs> it would probably be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year to, to get the license for that. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can smell you, mortals, and I am hungry. Our main segment today is about gathering and crafting. 
So this is something that you could theoretically do immediately in the game. There is nothing in the system of the game that would prevent, at least to my knowledge, that would prevent a level one character from learning a gathering or a crafting profession. However, just the way that the story of the game starts out, whether you're Guardian or Defiant, you start out um, in kind of, would you say it's an instanced yes, kind of I zone? Um, yeah. Uh, because um, I, I don't know the Guardian storyline real well. Um, and you know what? Actually, I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to spoil it in case someone is listening to the show and hasn't actually started the game yet. But yeah, no you, spoilers. You, you basically start the <laughs> game in an area that you're not going to be able to return to later in the game. And by the time you go through the, those beginning quests and you end up in kind of the the part of the world that you'll be able to adventure in for the rest of your career in Rift you're going to be at least fifth level by then. And if you follow the quests, you're going to be probably around 10th level before you get to the trainers that can teach you your uh, professions. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're more savvy or you're playing an alt and you've played the game before, uh, once you get through that beginning bit of the story and you're level five-ish, you could skip ahead to your main city and uh, train that right away at level five. So the first gathering profession that uh, we wanted to cover today is butchering. It's actually a personal favorite of mine because it seems so easy. It seems easier than mining or even foraging where I have to go out and look for those materials. Butchering, I'm already killing these mobs. So all I have to do is butcher them afterwards. Yeah, Um, if you're... um, Just to cut in for a second. Sure, sure. If you... um, how should I say? If one of your favorite things to do in a game like this is to fight things, if mm-hmm. you really enjoy the combat, this may be the gathering uh, profession for you. Yeah. Because um, unlike, like Nikki was saying, unlike the other gathering professions where you just go out and find these nodes, um, you kill monsters and butcher them. <laughs> Quite simple, really. Uh, you get hide and you can turn this hide into leather. Um, and you also get bones and teeth if you have butchering. It's especially useful if you have outfitter. It kind of complements outfitter and armor smithing and also apothecary. Uh, the bones and teeth can be used for apothecary. And something uh, that applies to all of these professions um, is they kind of scale with the zones and the levels. Yeah. So... W- for the gathering professions, like for butchering, um, if you start out in your beginning zone, say Free March or Silverwood, um, you're going to be butchering one type of hide mm-hmm. as you're skilling up. And then when you go to the next zone at level 20 or whatever it is, yeah, um, it will be a new kind of hide that's like a higher level hide. Um, so if you're taking gathering professions, you want to keep up with them. Because what will happen if if you don't and you go to that next zone, like say you go to Stonefield, you may not be able to butcher oh, the creatures right. that you kill because your butchering isn't high enough. Yeah. So so definitely keep up with it. And and uh, it's just very natural in the game because uh, w- when you're crafting things, because uh, the with the butchering, when you turn that hide into leather, you can actually skill up from that if you do it early enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at your crafting recipes, they just like your quests, they'll either be gray, which means you're not going to scale up from it at all, 
Right. Or they'll be green, which means you might skill up, but yeah, occasionally, not every time. Uh, they may be yellow, which means that most times you craft something that's yellow, you're going to skill up, but not every time. Or they'll be orange, and if it's orange, you skill up every time. Yeah, those are the best. So, so yeah, um, ba- basically, you just want to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. And and so once you're ready to move on to the next uh, level of your gathering, you'll look and see that all of the things that you can um, craft with that are going to be gray. And and when you mouse over a mob that you can butcher. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, it, the the butchering will be gray for that as well because you also skill up from butchering itself. Yep. So did, did you say everything you wanted to say about butchering there, I Nikki? did indeed. Okay. Um, next, we have foraging, which is one of my personal favorites. And with this, you can gather from the world. You can gather plants, um, various herbs and flowers and things like that. And you can gather wood. Mm-hmm. which uh, will be timber, some kind of timber. And then that wood you can refine into basically boards or planks that will be some kind that kind of lumber. So you might have like ash wood timber and you turn that into ash wood lumber. And, and just like uh, we were just saying with the butchering, uh, you can actually skill up by changing the uh, timber into lumber. Uh, foraging is really good for the artificer profession Mm -hmm. um the wood that you gather with forging uh can be used to make wands and staves with artificer it's also good for apothecary the plants that you gather are really good for the potions and whatnot that the apothecaries can make with forging in addition to the foraging skill which is the the skill that you you put it on your hot bar and you click on that and that opens like your, your things that you can uh, refine into mm-hmm. wood and whatnot with forging. In addition to that, you get two tracking abilities. You get the ability to track uh, plants and you get the about, uh, uh, if I can talk, you get <laughs> the ability to track lumber or timber um, or wood. I'm not sure. I think it's track wood actually is what it says in game. But these are these abilities basically work like buffs and these are things, uh, whatever tracking abilities you have for whatever gathering profession you have you want to have them active all the time unless there's some good reason that you don't um and so this is something i usually keep it on my buff hot bar where i cast all my buffs um okay and you just cast these as a buff um they don't have a duration so once you cast it once it should just stay on all the time and what it does is it shows you little uh white diamond icons Mm -hmm. on your mini map in where there are those gathering nodes around you. So for foraging, you'll see little diamonds on your mini map where there's either a plant or some wood that you can pick up. And uh, if you have multiple gathering professions, unfortunately, those little icons are the same for all of them. They don't have different (laughs) icons for the different things. But if you mouse over the icon on your mini map, it will tell you what it is specifically yeah and that doesn't show up on your regular map no just your mini map okay so it's it's limited in range to what you could see on your mini map if you zoom all the way out on your mini map yep and then we have fishing which you also have the tracking ability for right Um, it will show where the pools are 
And fishing is great if you have survival because you fish for survival recipes. And you can also make lures to catch specific fish, um, rare fish or artifacts. And um, the rare fish will give you notoriety. Notoriety. And uh, yeah, there are there are basically. Um, uh, I keep wanting to say vendors. There are NPCs, notoriety NPCs that you can turn certain fish into. Right. They'll say, "Bring me four of this type of fish," and then you'll get some some notoriety. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you will see different pools as you're running around Talara, and they kind of glitter green. There's uh, little green sparkles that rise from them. There's pools, just pools of fish, which if you uh, fish from those pools, you don't get any junk items. You're kind of guaranteed to get actual fish, not just boots and boxes. (laughs) And then there's other pools of rare fish. Um, It's pretty self-explanatory. You can get uh, the fish to turn into those notoriety vendors that Lex was just talking about and there's also pools of clever fish and these pools will skill you up as you fish from them so it it raises your fishing level and then lex you were telling me there's also sunken boats that you can fish from and those give you artifacts yes excellent i haven't had a chance to fish from those but i don't do a ton of fishing so yeah they um if you're tracking fish they just look like a normal pool on your mini map it's just one of those white diamonds and if you mouse over it it'll say sunken boat okay um but when you find it in the actual water it's like a it's like a little like a little rowboat that's under the water (laughs) um there was something i wanted to add oh in regards to the rare fish Mm -hmm. um there are also rare fish that are basically artifacts and you'll fish up this fish and it's an artifact that um you can collect and usually two different artifact sets Mm -hmm. and um you can get uh i don't believe we talk about this in overachiever today you can get uh achievements from fishing oh right there are achievements for each zone for catching one of each type of fish you can catch in the zone Mm -hmm. and then also the rare fish that are these artifacts in each zone there are artifact sets for those fish so once you catch all of those artifact fish and you fill up that set then you'll usually get an achievement for that as well yeah are you done with fishing i am did we beat that horse to death (laughs) i think so okay um next up we have mining which is our final uh gathering profession Mining also has a tracking skill associated with it, which will let you track ore. Mm -hmm. Um, Mining, you will mine various types of ore, and then you can refine those into bars. And I guess one thing that we didn't mention is there are crafting stations that for most of your uh, refining and your crafting, you'll need to be at a crafting station. So for mining, there's a, uh, a forge that you need to go to and you can find these in Meridium and Sanctum and various other places in the world. Um, So with mining, you can also get gems while you're mining. Uh, When you, when you mine a node, you will get, you know, some ore and you may also get some kind of stone. And the stone is basically a consumable type container where when you right click on it, it opens it and it will reveal some kind of gem. And uh, obviously, uh, mining is really good for 
armor smithing and weapon smithing they're going to be using that ore to make armor and weapons it's also good for artificer artificer will use the ores and artificer will also use the gems uh for the jewelry that they make yeah and next we go right into our crafting professions which are professions that are more focused on making items as opposed to just gathering them from the world yep and all crafting professions can make some type of augment an augment is an item that can be added to a crafted recipe uh, to increase one of its stats now it's always important to remember to drag and drop that augment into the little augment box when you're crafting something so that you don't forget i do this first before i um, start you know start the process of crafting any item yeah that's a really good tip nikki i fortunately i've never uh, made this mistake myself which is not to say that i'm awesome or anything <laughs> i mean this is totally a mistake i would make and i would i would put money down that in my career in rift someday i will make this mistake even though right now i'm telling you on the podcast not <laughs> to do this I, i'll do it someday I, I will come clean right now and tell you i've done it luckily i haven't made that mistake on a very valuable item well, yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was just going to say is mm-hmm. is you get like now level 60, you get to end game and you're crafting like these epic uh, crafted items like my yeah. rings I just made that are like best in slot. They're these <laughs> awesome items. But I mean, you've spent maybe hundreds of plat on mats. You've spent maybe weeks gathering the mats that you need. You get right. all this stuff together <laughs> and you forget to drag and drop that augment, which also was very expensive and hard to make into that little box on your crafting window before you hit the craft button. Yep. And if you don't realize what you've done before the crafting is over and you can jump or move or something to interrupt <laughs> interrupt that crafting process, you just crafted that epic item and wasted all those mats and you didn't put your augment in. Yeah, and such a bummer. I have literally seen people screaming in all caps <laughs> in various chat channels because they just did that. Oh and they're God. like, oh shit. Yeah, so, um, yeah, really, you know, measure twice, cut once, right? That's right, right. that's right. You know, before you hit that craft button, if it's something important that you're making that you're going to wear for a while, make sure you got the augment in there um, and check two or three times before you hit that craft button because once the item is finished crafting, it's done. I mean, you can't undo it. That's right. (laughs) I mean, you can salvage it, but you're not going to get everything back that you put into it. Oh, not nearly. No, No, not not even close. Mm Mm-mm. Um, all crafting professions can also make dimension items, which Ooh, is awesome. Ooh, dimension items. <laughs> Lex, why don't you tell them about apothecary? I will tell them about apothecary. <laughs> um, I love apothecary. It's one of, if not my most favorite uh, crafting professions. My character, well, okay, my character has almost every profession. But I've had pr- apothecary for a long time. I actually, um, I had armorsmith. I'm, I play a cleric. I had armorsmithing. I maxed armor smithing, which at the time was 300. Mm-hmm. I bought all these epic recipes. I'd made all these epic items. Oh, wow. And I was basically like, you know, I was at end game at the time. I was at level cap. I was like, I've made everything I can make from armor smithing. I really want apothecary. So I got rid of armor smithing, which was painful to do. <laughs> and I took apothecary. And I love apothecary. And let me just go on a tangent here. <laughs> Why did you want apothecary? 
Um, can you ask me that in like 40 okay. seconds? Can I do <laughs> okay, my tangent first? Because this is really important. <laughs> I've, I've had numerous people ask me about this in game. And I just want to put it on the record on the podcast for okay. you guys. Um, this is a great tip. Um, and it doesn't matter so much now that you can buy extra professions. But um, if you're like me and you have an, a, a profession, say armor smithing, and you've raised it up, you've maxed it out, you've bought a bunch of recipes with like your artisan marks and your master marks and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you're like, you know what? I don't want armor smithing anymore. I want to take apothecary or whatever it is. And you go to the, the trainer and you tell them, I want to forget armor smithing. Yeah. The question is, if later on I de- decide I want armor smithing back and I take it back, Right. What happens? Well, this is what happens. You will have to skill that up. You will start with armor smithing one. Okay. You will have to craft things and skill that all the way back up to 300 or 375. Ouch. Again, but you will still have all of the recipes that you bought before. Oh, okay. So all of those recipes you bought with your artisan marks or whatever you'll mm-hmm. still know them. So you won't have to get those recipes again. You won't lose them. You'll still okay. have them. Oh, that's good. And I didn't know that because, um, I, like I said, I dropped armor Smith to get apothecary because mm-hmm. I really wanted apothecary. And um, then recently, you know, with the free to play, suddenly I could spend credits and get more crafting slots. So right. I got armor smithing back and I was very happy to see that I still had all those recipes I bought because I bought oh. a ton of recipes. You thought you're going to have to buy them again. Yeah, that was my assumption. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was okay with having to skill it up again, even though mm-hmm. it did cost some plat to buy all those mats and skill it up. But I was so happy that I still had those recipes that, that I didn't care. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to ask you again. Okay. Why did you choose apothecary? Why did you want apothecary? It seems so expensive to me. For some reason. Okay. Um, well, this is going to go into the thing that I didn't want to talk about. Uh-oh. Oops. But I guess I'll talk about it. Sorry. A little <laughs> bit. Okay. Um, people always want to know, um, how do you make money with professions? Mm. Right? People right. want to know that. And, yeah. Um, first of all, if you're level anything other than 60, my answer is don't worry about it. Because until you're level 60, I mean, that is not to say you can't make money with professions. I mean, you definitely can. Yeah. But you're not going to make the big bucks until you're level 60 and you're um, crafting things that only a level 60 can craft. Right. And um, I am not a rift money making guru. Um, I think that would probably be Kiwi. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not a guru. I'm not claiming to know anything but my thought when i decided i was tired of being broke and i wanted to make money in game Uh was um i thought who are probably some of the people in game that have the most money to spend and are spending it (laughs) and the answer is raiders yep so if you want to make money in this game my advice to you is make money off the raiders (laughs) that's right (laughs) and if you've never raided before i've only raided a little bit but i can tell you um, there are certain items as a raider that you have to have um, that are consumables. Things like, um, are they vials? Yeah, there's vials. Um, basically, there's there are items that you make with apothecary that give you, they're um, basically like a buff potion or vial kind of thing that give you a massive boost. 
to either spell power or attack power, depending on if you're, you know, spell or melee based or, um, or not melee based, but weapon based. Right. Um, or you can get a huge buff to endurance if you're a tank. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, like Artificer makes uh, items that enchant um, your weapon and give you spell power. And, and, and we're actually, I think we're going to get into this in the crafting section here at Head. So I'm not going to like get ahead of myself. Okay. But basically, think about if you're a raider, what are the consumables you're going to be using? Um, right. There are also uh, another good way to make money is with rune crafting making the best uh runes which are items that you use to add um additional stats to your weapon and armor pieces Mm -hmm. and those are great ways to make money too but and also making bags but if you think about it once you buy all the bags you need you're done buying bags right right um runes are a little bit better because you will occasionally get upgrades and now you need to buy a, a new rune for mm-hmm. your item. Yeah. But really where it's at is those consumables that the raiders are using because they're buying those every single time they raid. They're buying those vials. They're buying um, maybe the feasts or the mats to make the feasts or right. or whatever. So if you're really wanting to make money, that's that's where it is. You know, make the stuff that the raiders use. Yeah, and I'd like to add the word enhancements there because yes. Outfitter has enhancements. Um, right. They're they're similar to consumables. You just put them on a, spe- a specific item. Right, so. and we'll we'll get into that um, when we get into the crafting yeah, uh, professions. Yeah. But just keep in mind when we're talking about these things, you know, just ask yourself: If I was a raider, what would I be using <laughs> every time I go into a raid? If I was rich. <laughs> yeah, right. and uh, yeah. That's a good way to make money. I'm not saying it's the best way. It's probably not. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, there are people who they play this game to make platinum. Yeah. And I love playing the auction house. It's probably one of my more favorite parts of the game, but mm-hmm. it's not the only thing I do. It's not what I spend all my time on. So, uh, Hey, if you're one of those people and you want to share some of your secrets with our listeners, definitely let us know because I tell you what, that is probably the most common question that either yes. one of us gets about crafting is how do we make money? Yeah, I hear crafting. it all the time. But we'll get back a little bit more with that later, I think. Okay. Did where, you where have we? anything you wanted to add about apothecary specifically? Um, you went apothecary. into some of the consumables, healing and mana um, that you oh. get from the consumables. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot we were on apothecary. <laughs> I got so sidetracked. I thought we were still in the gathering. Apothecary? apothecary. What's that? Um, I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh, so you were asking me why I wanted to take apothecary. Part of it was was basically just that to make money because right. I realized apothecary makes quite a few consumables that raiders use. Yeah. Um, I also I really like making um, my own potions. Oh, okay. Um, because you can make uh, not only just your healing and mana potions, but you mm-hmm. can make potions that uh, boost your stats. You know, boost your your wisdom, boost your decks, or whatever. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, primarily just use those things for raiding because, you know, you have to buy them on the auction house or have someone in your, your raid group or your guild or whatever make them for you. Right. But if you're an apothecary and you have foraging, I mean, it, it doesn't cost you anything but time, really, to make those. And you can be out questing or doing whatever you're doing, doing dungeons, and you can be rocking these buff potions or serums or vials or whatever they're called, the technical term. But basically these apothecary consumables that that add 
to your damage or add to your ability to take damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think I just think it's a lot of fun. Um, ever since first playing in EverQuest, I always wanted to play the character that could have the most buffs on him. I just, <laughs> how many buffs can I have on my guy at one time? How <laughs> uber can I make myself? I just I, I just get really tickled with that. <laughs> so other things you can do with Apothecary, other than making these consumables, which uh, heal you and recharge your mana and give you buffs and things, mm-hmm. is you can also make dyes. Now, there are the basic dyes that you buy from vendors, just your basic colors, you know, green, blue, yellow, orange, things like that. The apothecaries can make your more uh, specialized dyes, you know, things like cyan, 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 (laughs) cyan, (laughs) sky blue, um, uh, sea foam, you know, things like this. You're more kind of, uh, you're you're the artist. What, What would you call those? Not off colors, but... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> More specialized kind yes, of colors, yes, not your basic primary colors. Yep. Um, so yeah, you can make dyes, and I would venture to guess that you could probably also make some money selling dyes on the auction house. Especially certain dyes seem to go for a lot of platinum. Yeah, you've never tried that to sell your dyes. I I did a little bit, but um, now this was back in the Ember Isle days. So okay. at that time, I think the biggest money making dyes were the white and the black and the magenta. And oh, yeah. um, I <laughs> I really never farmed the mats to make those dyes enough that I could sell a lot of them. I was trying to sell like cyan and sea foam and stuff like that. And I mean, I definitely made profit. I made more money than I spent, um, but it wasn't like the profit I was making with Apothecary and with uh, Artificer. Okay. All right. And then you also get to salvage essences with the apothecary, right? Yes. Okay. And do you use the materials that you get from that um, in other things that you make for apothecary? Or why would you ever want to salvage those essences? Yes. Um, if, if you guys remember in the previous episode, I was talking about um, for the rings that I've been making. Well, mm-hmm. actually, not for the rings, for the augments for the rings um i needed immaculate planar dust and those dust that's how you get them from salvaging essences okay so um they're definitely used for the uh the enhancements not enhancements what do you call them what do we call them? augments augments okay they're used for the augments that the apothecary makes and the apothecary, like we said earlier, everybody, every profession makes different augments. Mm-hmm. The apothecary is the only one I can talk about, like specifically off memory. The apothecary makes your base stat augments. So so they make your strength, your dex, your stamina, oh. or not stamina, endurance, intelligence. They make those augments. Okay. Where your other professions will make things like crit power and block and things like that so um yeah so for for tanking like i I know that the best augment for a tank right now is the straight up endurance Mm -hmm. augment which the apothecary makes oh so that's um, useful for you yeah and that's also another good item to sell on the auction house is is if you find out which augments are the kind of the i don't know if best in slot is technically the right term but the Mm -hmm. best augment for a specific role in class right you know like for instance for a cleric tank it's the one thing i can say for sure the best augment (laughs) is the endurance one okay so uh, those tend to sell for pretty good platinum excellent so that's another way to to choose your professions i guess absolutely 
that's your your thing, making money. <laughs> so uh, the next one I want to talk to you about um, is survival. And this one is, again, it's useful um, if you fish a lot too. It's a great pairing with fishing. And you make the basic foods to regain health and mana. And you also make buff foods. Uh, spell oh, yeah. power, attack power, armor, speed, that kind of thing. And um, you can also create or build campsites or campsite items like bedrolls right. and tents and bonfires. And the bedrolls give a rested bonus to you. And the tents yes. give rested bonuses to your party. And then the bonfires give uh, bonuses to your raid uh, right. while you're in the world. Yeah. And um, I love to use these when I fish. It's about the only time I, I find myself using them. Yeah, it's smart. I use them in dungeons when we're just waiting around for someone to catch up or to get back from their bio break. <laughs> I'll pull out a tent or something like that. Yeah, and I, again, I don't do a lot of raiding, so I don't know for sure, but I would guess that maybe uh, people who raid a lot find this useful because the the bonfire specifically, which affect the whole raid, um, because in the little bit of raiding that I have done, it seems like you spend a lot <laughs> of time standing around, right? Yeah. And so at least you can be getting some rested bonus while you're standing there waiting for people to heal their soul or show up to the raid or while you know the fights are being explained or, or whatever you're doing <laughs> right buffing <laughs> buffing that's right yeah and speaking of buffing if you're like me and you like seeing tons of buffs on yourself you know that these uh buff foods are great you can oh, get yeah. some great buffs i really like the speed increase ones even though you know it doesn't have much use in in combat Mm-hmm. Anything that makes me move through the world faster, I'm I'm all for. Definitely. I feel the need for speed. <laughs> now, I've never had armor smithing myself, but you have it, correct? Yes, I have armor smithing on my my cleric. Okay. Armor smithing you use to make both chain and plate armor. So, it's a great uh crafting profession for clerics and warriors. You can also make armor padding and this is a a uh, enhancement item that you use on your shoulder piece so it's kind of like a rune it enchants your shoulder piece and these stack on top of rooms all of these enhancement items so if you already have a rune on your shoulder giving you Ooh. some kind of bonus you can still use the armor padding on top of it and the padding used to uh, reduce your falling damage but mm-hmm. now that there's no falling damage in the game the padding now reduces your time to mount speed <gasps> why don't you make these for me I, I know, need these I, too Yeah, <laughs> I need to make these and you may be like me and when you first see a time to mount speed buff you can mm-hmm. also get this from one of the planar attunement uh, elements death maybe I think you may be right okay um, but I don't you, know for sure. It's off the yeah, top of my head. I think you may be right, though, because I know fire is actual mount speed. Oh, right. Okay. Um, air is your run speed. Water is swim speed. Well, no, no. Uh, death is your soul walk speed. Oh, you're right. Um, life, maybe it's so life. So what does that leave? Life? Life or uh, what else are we missing? Earth? Maybe. What oh, man. Earth? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. Earth used to reduce falling damage, but I don't know what it is now. 
Okay. Did anyway. you say water already? <laughs> yeah, water is swim speed. Oh, okay. But you know what? We're going to have an episode all about planar attunement, and we will cover that then. Yeah, we'll do our <laughs> research then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes things just come up, come up in conversation that we uh, didn't plan, and so we look like we don't know what the hell we're talking. Well, about. there's just so many facets to this game, you know. Yes, can't absolutely. remember everything. You can't be an expert in everything, which mean, which to me says it's a great game. Yeah, you can't master the whole thing. Um, and now we're going to get an email from someone who has. Yeah. But you know what? That's fine because I want to have you on the show. Yeah, right. If, if you know everything, everything you will the be game. the through the rift uh, dial an expert person. <laughs> like uh, what was that? Cash cab, you know? Oh, yeah. Where you could phone someone if you didn't know the answer. Yeah. I loved how half the time people didn't know. Like they'd phone somebody. They'd be like, oh, that, I don't know. I don't know why you're calling me. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, to try to reel this tangent in a little bit, um, <laughs> I, I was going to, to talk about why I think this is actually a really cool thing. Because at first I was like, oh, time to mount speed. I mean, who who gives a shit, right? Um, uh, okay. I like time to mount speed, but... Well, Go then on. maybe you might be smarter than me, but <laughs> I actually had to to have this kind of revealed to me in the game why okay. this is an awesome thing. Um, if you're like trying to run through an area or something and mm-hmm. you're getting attacked by mobs that you don't want to deal exactly. with and you just want to get the fuck out of there, um, you can try to mount. But if they attack you and hit you, it interrupts your mount. And But if yep. your mount speed is fast enough, you can wait until right after they hit you hit your mountain button and get the fuck out of there. That's right. And I think that kind of reveals why I felt like this before you did is because I'm a rogue and I've got to get out of there really quick. Whereas you're a tank, you've got all this armor on you. Um, you can afford a few extra hits sometimes and it doesn't bother you, but <laughs> I'm used to fleeing for my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've experienced that when I'm in a DPS build and I forget that I'm not in my tanking build. Oh, okay. And I die because as a tank, <laughs> I'll just like ride my, my mount through anything. Like right. I don't care because even if they knock me off my mount, I just put up my shield mm-hmm. and, and I, I have an air buff that increases my run speed. And uh, yeah, that I have 45,000 health. They're not going to kill me before I get out of their aggro yeah, range. Yeah, see, that's so. what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just let them chase me and beat on me until they de-aggro and then I mount up again and all is well. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad that you've been enlightened. <laughs> yes, I have. You can also, with armor smithing, make uh, armor plating, which this mm-hmm. is an enhancement that you apply to your chest piece that increases your armor value. Um, I find these... Uh, not so much now because I'm kind of over geared for questing, but before I was max level, I found these really helpful uh, while questing. And also um, to know all these enhancements, they can be used by anybody. Yeah. So armor smithing or armor smiths make these armor plates, but they can be used by rogues. They can be used by yep. mages. Yeah. And, and I um, use the ones that you give me all the time whenever yeah. I'm questing. Yeah. They're really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, the armor smith can also make shield spikes which, of course, these are only useful to warriors and clerics who are using shields. But this is an enhancement that you put on your shield where every time you block, it will do a little bit of damage to the person that you just blocked, which is kind of fun. Um, Armorsmiths get the ability to salvage armor. So you can break down all types of armor, not just chain and plate. You can break down uh, leather and uh, cloth as well. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I have Outfitter. And I've had this forever. Um, You can make cloth and leather armor. 
and you can also make bags. So I make bags uh, for my guildies and you make insoles and riding chaps. And these are um, enhancements that anybody can use. The insoles give you an increase in run speed, which is pretty handy uh, that you'll yes. get. Yeah. And you'll get different types of insoles that you can make and they uh, will give you increasingly faster run speed. Nikki, do you remember off the top of your head um, of the ones you can make? What's the, the best run speed boost that, that you're getting right now from an insole? Do you remember? Oh, I want to say 12% increase. 12%? Yeah. Um, not 100% about that, but um, I believe the one that I can make, it gives you 12%. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's handy. I mean, especially for a rogue. I always want to be quicker on my feet. The and riding... Those, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that those go on your feet, right? Your foot, yeah, yeah. Your boots or shoes or whatever. Right, exactly. Um, and you just click on it and then you click onto your actual item and it will apply it. Um, and then you can also make riding chaps that give incre- increased mounted speed. So when you're on your mount, you will go faster and you put those on your legs. Um, and then again, everybody can use those. So I make them for uh, Lex all the time. So he just runs around and quests with those on <laughs> constantly. But I know the raiders also use them. Yeah, those are pretty good ticket items on the auction house, right? Yeah, usually. Usually I sell, sell the insoles for, oh, I don't know, two plaid or something like that a piece. So it's Yeah, because there, there are um, a lot of raid mechanics where you have to move quickly. Yeah, from one side to the other of the, the actual raid room or something like that. Um, you can also salvage armor with Outfitter and then you use the items that you salvage to make other things. Um, and it's kind of handy to have because there's a lot of items that you get in the game that you can't use, especially when I mentor down and help out guildies with lower level quests and that kind of thing. I get all sorts of stuff that I just salvage. Um, so next is Artificer. Artificer? Artificer. Artificer. There you go. I always have trouble with that word. That's a weird word. That's not a word you ever hear in modern English. <laughs> well, thank you for your support. <laughs> <Unless> you <laughs> role play. Um, and so, I've never had this one, so. Yeah, Artificer is a lot of fun. I, I'd say after um, Apothecary, it's my favorite of my professions. Oh. The Artificer makes rings and necklaces which everybody can use. Yeah. And the artificer also makes uh, wands and staves, which your mages and clerics can use. And every kind of wand. Okay, I just tried to (laughs) say... What language are you speaking today? (laughs) Well, I just tried to say wand and rod (laughs) at the same time, and it came out rond. Um, (laughs) When you make wands or staves as an artificer, there will be two versions of each that one will be for a mage and will have a higher intelligence and a lower wisdom. And Mm -hmm. one will be for cleric and will have higher wisdom and lower intelligence. So for the staves, for the mages, they're usually just called a staff, I believe. And for the clerics, they're called some kind of quarter staff. Oh, okay. And I believe with the wands for the mage, they're called a wand. And for the cleric, they're called a rod. Oh. But um, be sure to check because I could be wrong because I'm just going off memory. But if you just mouse over and look at the stats, um, one will obviously be cleric and one obviously mage based on whether intelligence or wisdom is higher. The artificer also makes power stones. And these are an enhancement that you can use on a weapon 
and they go either on your main hand weapon or on a two-handed weapon if you're using a two-handed weapon and they give you a bonus to spell power so these are very useful for mages and clerics who are dpsing or healing and these are also a good ticket item to sell um, once you have the the best version Mm -hmm. um it's pretty much required that you use these things for raiding also uh you have the mana stone and this is used on an offhand item usually a totem and these are used primarily unless things have changed these are used primarily by healing clerics oh okay um and these increase your maximum mana okay well no wonder i have never used them (laughs) (laughs) as a rogue (laughs) Um, The Artificer can salvage accessories, which are rings, necklaces, wands, and staves, or staves, however you want to say that. Okay. (laughs) Um, Weaponsmithing is another one that I have, and you make weapons. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) No. (laughs) You make swords, axes. Maces, bows, pole arms. Um, so it's candy for a lot of different classes. Uh, you also make whetstones, and these can be applied to a weapon to give you uh, such things as attack power. So I use them a lot. And you can also salvage weapons with weaponsmithing. And finally, we have rune crafting, um, which is another one that I have on my character, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite just because this is a pain in the ass to level. Uh, you mean like money-wise? Yes. Okay. Um, so with rune crafting, you make runes which augment items. Uh, there are certain items that, to my knowledge, you can only get runes for them uh, from notoriety vendors. But your basic, uh, you know, your weapons, your seal, your wand, uh, your armor items, you can make runes to augment with Rune Crafter. Okay. Um, you also get, instead of sal- uh, some kind of salvaging ability, the ability you get with Rune Crafter is called Rune Breaking. Mm-hmm. And Rune Crafter is uh, unique among the crafting professions in that there is not specifically a gathering profession that ap- applies to this. All of your mats that you're going to use as a rune crafter to make your runes come from rune breaking items. That's oh. the only way you can make them. You can't find a rune node <laughs> somewhere. No. Um, so the items that you can rune break are um, you're going to be wanting to break your green, blue, and purple items, uh, weapons, armor, uh, rings, necklaces. Um, I think you can basically rune break everything. You can even rune break essences. Oh, wow. Um, and you're going to rune break these and get various mats that you will then use to make your various runes with your um, recipes. Okay. Rune crafting is probably one of the most, if not the most expensive profession to level. And this is because you can't gather anything for it. So to get your mats to level your rune crafting, you're either going to be buying things on the auction house, which this mm-hmm. is a great way to try to level it is go onto the auction house, search under weapons and search under armor 
and um, input your level range uh, of items. So if you're level 50 trying to level your runecraft, you, you know, look for level 50 items or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and try to find some cheap green items, uh, either weapons or armor that you can buy and then just rune break those. A lot of times that will be cheaper than buying the mats directly on the auction house. Um, so obviously that's going to cost you some some platinum where otherwise if you were like say an armor smither you could have mining and get a lot of your mats that way for free it just costs you time right not platinum right um the other way that you're going to get your rune crafting mats is when you're doing dungeons or you're out questing or in the world or whatever and you get some kind of item drop whether it's an essence or armor weapon or whatever you're going to rune break that to get some mats and uh, so that's in a way, if you think about it, that's costing you money too, because normally you might sell that on the auction house if it's not soul bound, or you might vendor it if it is. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's an expensive uh, craft to level. You can make some some good money with it at max level once you can make, you know, once you just uh, figure out which runes the raiders are using, uh, and you make those runes and sell those runes. You, you can make some good money, but honestly, you know, if someone's asking me what's the best profession bang for your buck, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say RuneCrafter because it <laughs> is so expensive to level. It is so expensive to get those mats. And again, like we were saying before, you know, the only time you need to buy a rune is when you get an upgrade item, right? right? Where um, with uh, most of your other professions, you're making some kind of consumable that the raiders are going to be using every time they raid. You know, you're making whetstones with weaponsmith. You're making uh, armor plating with uh, armorsmith. You're making yep. power stones with artificer, or you're making your vials with uh, apothecary, or insoles with outfitter. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I'd love to see some actual data on on what people make to see how rune crafting stacks up with these with these other uh, professions because, you know, um, you always look at things at at a uh, cost-benefit analysis point of view. And when you consider the cost of the rune crafting versus the benefit, you know, are you, is it really a great profession to take or are you better off with one of these others? I, I don't know. So would you say that you regret taking rune crafting? No, I don't regret it only because... I can have nine professions because I bought all the upgrades I could get <laughs> and uh, I didn't want really weaponsmithing or okay. po- or uh, outfitter, which are the two I don't have. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I've only recently got these maxed. So, you know, in a month or two, I might be able to better speak towards which one I feel is making me more money. But I don't regret it, but I anticipate that I will probably be making more money from you know, vials and power stones and things right. like that than I will be from the runes. But okay. we'll have to see. Get down on your knees and make it lovely. Overachievers. This week for our Overachievers segment, we have many achievements that you can get um, for crafting and or gathering. Uh, first, we're going to cover the gathering achievements. There are harvester achievements um, for gathering that they kind of go in a progression. So it's based on the number of items that you harvest. So first you get the apprentice harvester achievement 
for 250 items that are harvested. And this can be either from mining, fishing, or foraging, not butchering though. So you have to mine, fish, or forage 250 items for that one. And then you have to do a thousand to get journeyman harvester. And then after that comes dedicated harvester after you harvest 5,000 items, then artisan for 10,000, and then finally supreme harvester for 25,000 items harvest. Wow. Yeah. Which one are you at? Do you know which one? I think no, I have. I don't. Okay. I think I have journeyman harvester, but I'm not quite at dedicated yet. The only thing I can say for sure is I do not have Supreme Harvester. <laughs> right? You'd know if you had that. <laughs> um, so so you, there's also Gatherer Achievements, the Master Gatherer, and the Grand Master Gatherer. You get the Master Gatherer Achievement when you get 300 in either butchering, mining, fishing, or foraging. Um, and then you get the Grandmaster Gatherer Achievement when you hit 375. So that's when you max out your um, your gathering uh, profession. And there's also titles for these two as well. Right. So if you get uh, Grandmaster in fishing, you'll mm-hmm. get a title Grandmaster Fisher. Right. Yeah. Because it can be for either. Uh, there's one of each, right? For There's one for butchering, yes. one for mining, one for fishing, one for forging. Okay. So if you have them all, you can get all of them. Yeah. That would be cool. I wonder. How, that's a lot of titles. <laughs> can I go on another tangent now? Please. Um, <laughs> this, this episode could be called Tangents. Yeah. Um, I just thought of uh, a question that we've gotten... I think more than once okay, uh, via Twitter and email and whatnot. Um, we've talked about more than once, I think, on the podcast, how I have nine professions. Yeah. And I've had some people ask me how I did that. <laughs> okay. So it's really easy. Um, it just takes credits. Unfortunately, that's the only way you can do it. So you either need to buy credits with real world money Mm-hmm. Or you can buy Rift Exchange Rex R E X on the auction house with platinum and get your credits that way. But if you go into the Rift store under services, you will see I believe it's called Trade Skill Extension. Okay. Or something like that. And it basically gives you unlocks another trade skill slot for you. So everybody um, by default, when you first begin the game, you make a new character. You start out with fishing and survival automatically. You actually don't even have to uh, go to a trainer to get those. You start out with them. Oh, um, And then that. you can get three more, right? Three more. Right. So, you you know, gathering or crafting, whatever, you, you can get up to three more. Um, but through the Rift Store, you can buy more slots so that you get up to a total of nine, including fishing and survival and those again are under the services tab and they're i believe they're 1200 credits a piece okay and those are not account wide that is only on the character that you buy it for so um definitely be you know on the character you want to have those when when you buy them and i i have confirmed that because when i go on my mage she doesn't have uh nine trade skill slots oh i thought that was account wide darn (laughs) yeah well you know a lot of the uh things that you buy in the rift store as far as enhancements and stuff Mm -hmm. are account wide but that one is not another one um that is not that i know for sure is the the bag slots 
when you buy more oh. bag slots, those are character specific. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Um, oh, another achievement for gathering is called, ouch, that's got to hurt. And you get this... <laughs> <laughs> You get this when you salvage or rune break an epic item. And the epic items are purple. So if you just can't wear that item anymore, then salvage it because you'll get that achievement pretty easily. Yeah, and that's about the only worthwhile thing you'll get. Yeah, right. You get like <laughs> one bar of whatever you made it from. Yep. <laughs> okay, so on to some crafting achievements from your crafting professions. We uh, start out with, uh, similar to Gathering Professions, you can get achievements for just crafting items. It doesn't matter what they are. So you start out, you get the Apprentice Crafter after you've crafted 100 items. And it does not matter what profession you're using to craft them, and it counts everything that you craft. So if you have more than one profession where you're crafting something, that counts. And I'm also pretty sure that um, your refining counts. So if you have something like mining and you're refining ore into bars, Mm -hmm. I believe that counts as crafting something. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So you get Apprentice Crafter for 100 items. You get Journeyman Crafter for 500 items. Mm -hmm. Dedicated Crafter for 1,000. Artisan Crafter for 5,000. And Supreme Crafter. (laughs) You have to say it like that every time. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's actually like this special font. No, um, for 10,000 items, 10,000 items for the Supreme Crafter. Okay. Also, just like the gathering, you uh, get an achievement and a title when you get a full master rank in one of your crafting professions. So that's mm-hmm. uh, getting a 300 value in your skill. Mm-hmm. You will get a master whatever it is so master armor smith master weaponsmith etc you get grandmaster uh achievement and title when you get to 375 you get the something blue achievement for crafting one blue item so the first time you make some blue item you will get that achievement you get feeling blue for crafting 50 blue items rarely accomplished for 100 blue items a rare feat for 300 blue items and finally not so rare for a thousand blue items because you know let's face it after you've crafted a thousand of them you can't really call them rare anymore right (laughs) i guess not (laughs) try on i love the humor keep it coming okay Uh, a couple more achievements you can get the epic achievement for crafting one epic item, which is a purple item. Mm-hmm. You can get now you're just showing off achievement for 50 epic items and epics for everyone for <laughs> 500 epic items. Excellent. Soon you will fight. For now, you must learn. Rip tips and tricks. I am really excited about this week's tips and tricks. <laughs> it's a special treat. Yes, because for this week's tips and tricks, we are going to respond to a question that we got from one of our listeners, our very important, very much appreciated listeners (laughs) who have asked us a question. So if you have questions about this game, feel free to ask us. Um, If it's something really simple and straightforward, we may just email you a response uh, so that you have your answer right now, right away. 
Um, however, if it's something like this where it directly correlates to what our episode is about, we may make you wait just a little bit so that mm-hmm. we can feature your question on an episode and talk about it so that everybody can benefit. Because, um, yeah, you know, this this particular question is one that I'm sure many of our listeners have just bubbling in their brains. And so we can help a bunch of people, hopefully. Yeah, it's kind of a common one. Um, Vengaza, Venganza, I should say, asked us a question. And he said, uh, I'm just starting, getting started with professions. What pairings work best? Should I level with the story or wait till max level to even worry about professions, I assume? Um, and some of these we talked about earlier, the pairings. But Lex, what would you tell him? Okay, so like everything in Rift, <laughs> it gets a little... I don't want to say complicated, okay. but um, it really depends on what you want and what you're trying to do. So I, I've given this some thought and Nikki and I have talked about it. And I think we're on the same page here that um, just to kind of simplify things a little bit, it, it can definitely get more complex than this, but you kind of come down to two kind of broad options, right? Yeah. So, One way to say that is when you make this character, are you going to power level this character to level 60 or whatever the max level is when you listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. as fast as you can? If that's you, then what I would recommend, and Nikki too, right? I believe so. Yeah. What are you going to say? Then I'll tell you. What we would recommend is, you know what? Just take all the gathering professions. If you're going to power level to max level as fast as you can and just get there as fast as you can, you want to raid or you want to do the end game dungeons or whatever, for whatever reason, you just want to get to the end game as fast as you can, take all of the gathering professions and just gather as you go, keep the professions up, keep them you know, skilled up to coincide with whatever zone that you're in so that you can actually gather what you're encountering in the zone mm-hmm. and you can do one of two things with all those things that you gather. You can either uh, sell them on the auction house and you'll be getting a pretty good influx of platinum that way. Um, right. Selling mats to people that are just leveling their crafting professions and just buying the mats. Yeah. Um, or if you're anticipating getting the max level and then getting rid of some or all of those gathering professions or just buying more profession slots and getting some crafting professions, you can keep the mats that you are going to need later on to level up those gathering, or I'm sorry, those crafting professions. Save yourself a little money at that point because you can level your weaponsmithing or whatever using the mats that you've collected while you were leveling to level it up. Right, and I've definitely heard of folks doing that. It's not particularly my style, but um, I have heard of folks just getting the best bags that they can and just storing items up in their bank. Yeah, and that's definitely more possible these days because uh, with the free-to-play, you have the opportunity to get, I think, two more bag slots than you used to have on your character through credits. Yeah. And you can also buy a whole other guild bank or not guild bank, sorry. <laughs> you can buy another bank vault. That's the guild leader talking, the guild leader in you. <laughs> and oh, speaking of the extra bank vault that you can mm-hmm. buy, just total aside here, Okay. and this is not confirmed, I was just told by someone in game that this is the way it is, because I was wondering, um, when you if you buy that second vault for yourself, mm-hmm. 
do you get like all those bag slots like you do with your regular bank where you can put bags and expand your bank capacity? And the answer I got is no. When you buy that second bank vault for yourself, you just get another bank with that many slots. You can't put more bags into that. Ah, okay. I was wondering about that too. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Oh, that's, that's okay. Okay, so that's the first way you can do it. What's the second way? Okay, the second way is for someone who maybe this is your first character in game or maybe you're just not concerned about end game. Um, you just want to enjoy the content and you don't care how fast you level. You want to, um, as they say, enjoy the trip and not worry so much about the destination. It's the journey. Right, exactly. <laughs> so for that type of player... I would recommend, and I believe Nikki would too, recommend taking a crafting profession that is really good for your class and then taking the gathering profession or professions that supplement that well. So for instance, Nikki, you play a rogue. I do. Guilty as charged. Yes. A couple really great professions for a rogue are outfitter Mm -hmm. because you can make your leather armor. Yep, and the insoles are great. Run speed is great for a rogue. And also weaponsmith, right? Right. Yep. Um, I take weaponsmithing, and that's good because I can make the bows for myself. And again, I can make various augments to put uh, on those weapons and those uh, outfitting items that I wear. So those are pretty good professions together. And, and you know, again, a good uh, gathering profession to go with both of those is armorsmith or not armorsmithing, mining to get your ore. Right. For your weapons and yeah. also um, butchering to get your leather. Yeah, butchering is great. Armor. I totally regret not getting mining though. I spend a small fortune buying mining, mining items on the bank <laughs> because I don't have it. Yeah, so if you're someone who you're just going to have the basic, you know, the three professions in addition to survival and fishing mm-hmm. um, and you're a rogue, you might want to go the route of taking either outfitter or armor smithing or not armor smithing weapon smithing Mm -hmm. so that you can take two gathering professions because like if you take out well i don't know but Mm. but basically unless you can buy an extra profession slot it's going to be you're not going to be able to take outfitter and weapon smithing and mining and butchering yeah (laughs) um but you know that's that's something to consider, something to think about. But but I guess what we're getting at is if you're that player that you're going to take your time leveling, um, take a take professions where you can make items that are going to benefit you, where you can make the armor and or the weapons that you're going to be using. Mm-hmm. Because I I can tell you when I leveled my cleric, I had armor smithing and I kept up with it. And you know I I was able to make items with my armor smithing that were definite upgrades to what I had from questing or drops or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you're going to take your time, that's the way to go. Another way to look at this is from a kind of platinum perspective. So the first option we gave you where you're taking all the gathering professions until you get to max level and then either adding more professions by unlocking more professions with credits or dropping one or more of those gathering professions for crafting professions. Um, If you go that route, um, that's a great way to go if you want to have lots of platinum. Okay. Because if you're selling all those things that you gather on the auction house, you're going to have a bit more platinum at your level than most people do. Or if you're saving them 
for when you take crafting professions at max level, then you're going to save some platinum at that point because you're not going to have to buy all the mats that you need. Right. That's true. If you go the second route where you're taking a crafting profession as you level to make armor pieces or weapon pieces that Mm -hmm. you can use as you're leveling, unless you spend credits to unlock additional professions so that you can have all or most of the gathering professions, you're going to end up spending some money on the auction house to level your professions and to make those items that you want. Because the way it works in this game, and and I'm okay with this because it encourages cooperation, is a lot of the better recipes that you can make at any given level for whatever crafting profession you're using are going to use mats for more than one gathering profession. Yeah. So unless you uh, unlock additional slots so that you can have all of the gathering mats, all of the gathering professions to get your mats, you're going to have to buy some mats on the auction house to skill up and also to make those items that you want. Yeah. Or beg your guildies like I do. I'm like, does anybody have one Gantamite bar, please? Just one. (laughs) Yeah. If you're in a guild that's that's good about, you know, giving out uh, or helping out with crafting, then it's definitely a lot easier. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but but yeah, you know, you, you uh, if you're taking a crafting profession, um, you are going to be a little more plat starved probably as you're leveling. And, you know, keep in mind that there are some kind of high ticket items for platinum that you're going to be want to be you're going to want to buy as you level up things like uh, mounts. You know, we, we gave some tips in a previous episode on how to get mounts without platinum, but there are some that you're just going to have to buy. Right. And also things like more roll slots. And uh, if if you want to, you know, re your uh, soul trees aren't so bad these days cost wise. But I, I know once you get to a planar attunement and you start respecting those more than a few times, that can get pretty costly. Yeah. So um, I hope that that answers your question. I'm, I'm sorry that we couldn't just give you a very simple. This is what you should do. It really depends on what what kind of play style you're going for. Yeah, and what your goals are for your character. But hopefully we've uh, shed a little light on the subject. Prepare to be destroyed, heroes. Guild perks. (laughs) This week for our guild perks, I thought I'd ask you a couple quick questions, Lex. Um, The guild has been... I know, of course, working on the quests that we receive from our guild leader, you. <laughs> but what has the guild been up to in your perspective? What have you been you know, doing with the guild? Well, we've been leveling the guild. Um, oh, I'll, yeah. What level are we now? We are now looked. level 10. Oh. And 10. we're, I believe we're over halfway to level 11. Oh, wow. Probably why we've made this podcast are very hardworking guildies have completed yet another guild quest. <laughs> yeah. We're probably very close to level 11 by now. Yep. Um, what have I been doing or what have we been doing with the guild? Yeah. Um, we've been working on the guild quests. Uh, every week you get weekly guild quests. Mm-hmm. And here's something really interesting. I just learned very recently. I don't remember if I've talked about this on the show or not. But, you know, originally Rift was very faction based and your guilds were, you know, your guild was either Defiant or it was Guardian. You right. Couldn't, you couldn't be both. That has since changed. 
And you can now have cross-faction guilds. In, in fact, our guild is cross-faction. I'd say I think we're about half and half uh, Guardian oh, really? and Defiant in our guild, it seems mm-hmm. like. Pretty close. For a while there, it felt like the Defiants outnumbered the Guardians I greatly. Four <laughs> Guardians were... So we had like two. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know if I'd say that was by design, but it definitely wasn't by accident. Because, you know, we both play Defiant and I, I primarily recruit in Defiant zones. Oh, okay. Um, but one way or another, we've gotten quite a few Guardian characters, which is fine. I mean... Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I mean, we... You know, me especially, I bash on the Guardians a lot on the podcast, but <laughs> it's just for fun. I mean, ultimately, there is a human being playing that character. You don't say. <laughs> yes, there is. And I know that. Nikki knows that. And, you know, all of that, you know, Guardian bashing, that is very RP. Yeah. That, that is nothing against the people playing. You know, I I do not think anything less about the people <laughs> in our guild that play Guardians. I mean, Of course not. In fact, I couldn't even probably tell you who plays Guardian and who doesn't. Like, I don't even pay attention to it. No, I, I forget a lot of the times. <laughs> but that is one part of the RP in the game that I, I do enjoy is, uh, you know, the rivalry between the, the Guardians and the Defiant and the differences in their philosophies and how those uh, conflict sometimes. Or yeah, it's all great. The time. It's good fun. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I want to also bring this up because I've been thinking about possibly putting together an onslaught night, just a night where we can go and do, I don't know, 10 different onslaughts all at once. Uh, We had a guild like that not so long ago, and that was a blast. So how do you feel about organizing some guild events? Would you be up for it? Yes, but okay, this is the thing with a guild event like that is you want to be consistent, right? Right. Yeah. And you want people to be able to plan for it and depend on it. So if you're going to set up an event for your guild, whether it's running dungeons, running experts, doing a raid, mm-hmm. doing an onslaught night, whatever it is, um, you want to be able to let people know well ahead of time what it is, when and where it is. And then you want to be able to be consistent. I think like, you know, if you're going to have a, a dungeon night, you know, it, it works best if it's Thursday night every week at 7 p.m. or whatever it is so that so that people can plan. Um, one of the reasons why I haven't done something like this in the guild yet is um, I'm, I'm still waiting for my schedule to reach this equilibrium between, you know, work and the game and the podcast and everything else we have going in our lives to uh. where... I can say, okay, this day and time, we can definitely do this thing (laughs) every week. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I know another guildie was talking about possibly doing expert dungeon runs um, at a particular time every week. So I don't know. Maybe you're right. I'm going to have to give it a little more thought and make sure I can show up uh, on that particular night every single week. (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, for our guild specifically, it's been very much uh, kind of just um, play by ear. Yeah. You know, people will be on and we'll be like, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, if you're looking at building your guild and building that sense of community in your guild, having guild events is definitely a great way to do that. Um, it's definitely, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's definitely something I want to do with our guild. It's something okay. we should do. Mm-hmm with our guild um 
But again, you know, if you're going to do something like that, you want to have it be something that people can count on. They know when it's going to be and what time and what day. Mm-hmm. And they know that, you know, they're, they're not going to, you know, because people have things going on in their lives and, and some people, you know, they got to get a babysitter or they got to get time off work or whatever they got to do. And, and you don't want them to do that. And then they show up and, and it's like, oh, well, we're not doing that tonight because <laughs> we didn't feel like it. Yeah, I'd feel pretty bad. <laughs> but the, the other great thing is that we can put it on our forms because we can put calendar um, yes. announcements on there. So. Yeah, and I, I would definitely recommend that. Um, to my knowledge, there's not, there's not any kind of guild calendar in the game. Oh, no, I don't think so. No, no, I'm I'm, I must be thinking of Eve. Eve had that. But uh, yeah, there's nothing like that in the game itself. So um, it's definitely a good idea to have a forum or something else where you can have a guild calendar and people can go and and see what's going on where Um, I kind of got on a tangent earlier and I wanted to get back to what I what I was trying to tell you guys about the the quests, which are right now. This is the only way to level your guild. Mm -hmm. Um the only way that your guild gets experience is by doing the guild quests. Oh, so there's the the guild weekly quests, um, which usually you can get three a week. And it seems like one will be rift based. It'll be close. So many rifts or kill so many creatures from rifts. Mm -hmm. One will be an artifact quest to hunt down so many artifacts. And then the third one is usually some kind of PVP quest which will either be win so many matches in a certain warfront, or it will say something like if you're a defiant um, getting the quest, it will say kill so many guardians in warfronts. <laughs> and we got to tell you, this is one of those things that Tryon has changed the functionality of this to go with the fact that so many things are cross faction now, right. but they have not changed the wording of the quest. <laughs> yeah. So even though the quest says go kill guardians (laughs) or it may say go kill defiance it doesn't matter um any pvp kill that counts as a kill will count for that and that's especially important also because in warfronts you have mercenaries now which is to say like say you're a defiant and you queue for a warfront and there's not um a lot of guardians queuing right then it may put you on a guardian team as a mercenary so um, it really would be not make a lot of sense for right. those quests to only count for a certain faction when you're actually playing for the other faction. Right. The other... <laughs> I, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, I've seen that in a lot of different quests and things like that, is that they haven't changed the wording of these quests. It's kind of... I don't know. It's a little frustrating. I wish they would change that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that would be a full-time job for at least one person <laughs> to go through every quest and, and figure out which ones need to be changed and change them. Fair enough. <laughs> but it would be nice for them to do that someday. Um, someday. I, I'd put it pretty low on the list personally of things I'd like to see yeah. fixed in the game. <laughs> um, another thing I want to point out with these uh, Guild Weekly quests, and this is something I, I was starting to say earlier, this is something I just discovered recently with the uh, cross shard or cross shard cross faction guilds is um each of those three quests those weekly quests that you can get you Mm -hmm. can get with each faction so now you can actually do six weeklies in a week so what you want to do is you want to have at least one defiant and one guardian in your guild who has the guild permissions where they can accept and turn in the guild quests 
so that once like like us okay we we think of ourselves as a defiant guild even though we're about 50 50 but right nikki and i both play defiant so you know we tend to do the the guild quests that we get in meridian from you know defiant guild quest givers Mm -hmm. Um, but once we've done those or we've done the ones we want to do uh someone can log on to a guardian character in the guild and go to the equivalent guardian quest givers and Mm -hmm. get pretty much they're usually the exact same quests oh okay i haven't tried that yet yeah so um so that's what that's what we do um we usually don't do the pvp one Mm-hmm. So we do the other two on each faction. So that's four a week. And that usually keeps people busy. The other way that you can get experience for your guild are there are weekly gathering quests. Mm-hmm. And these are fully dependent on which gathering professions you have. So if you have mining, you will be able to get the, the weekly uh, gathering quest for mining. Yep. Um, if you have all three of the gathering professions, you'll be able to get all three. And these quests are simply to turn in so many of each type of material to the quest giver and you get experience, your guild gets experience. Um, these are weekly quests. You can only do them once a week. However, there are a couple caveats to that. We have found with experience, if your guild levels during the week, then you will be able to do those quests again if you've already turned them in. And um, also, if you level your crafting to a new tier, then you will get access to uh, the gathering quest for those materials for that tier. Ah. So, okay. for instance, if I remember right, as a miner, you start out mining tin, mm-hmm. I think. So if your mining is to the level where you can only mine tin and that's all you can mine, mm-hmm. your uh, mining guild gathering quest will be to turn in so many tin ore. Okay. Um, but once you advance uh, your mining to the point that you can now mine copper, you will then get a gathering quest to turn in copper. Oh, okay. Um, at that point, you will no longer be getting the tin quest because you've kind of out-leveled that. But if you still have the tin quest from before, you'll mm-hmm. still be able to complete it and turn it in. Oh, excellent. And I have read on uh, more than one wiki and whatnot online that the guild gathering quest can only be done up to level 10 mm-hmm. of the guild. Our guild is now level 10 and we're still able to hand those in. So either that is something that has been changed mm-hmm. or it doesn't come into effect till you actually hit 11 and you can't do the gathering anymore. We'll have to uh, wait and see and let yeah. you guys know. We'll have to report back. <laughs> so, um, Nikki, was there anything else you wanted to ask me for the guild perks? No, that was it. Anything you want to add about our guild? There is one thing. This isn't really uh, a guild perks kind of thing but it is guild related i just want to put it out there um we've gotten some questions from listeners about our guild um people like our podcast and they they're curious about our guild and and wonder about joining our guild and i just want to let you guys know that um i know a lot of podcasts for this game and other games they will have kind of like a fan guild for the podcast that is a guild for Um, listeners of the podcast for that kind of community i guess for lack of a better term and our guild that that nikki and i are in right now 
um, was a guild that we created um, before we did this podcast. We created mm-hmm. it before we even really seriously thought about doing a podcast. Right. Um, so it isn't really that kind of guild. Um, our guild has kind of a theme and a focus to it that has nothing to do with the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, if you're a listener and, and you like our podcast, you, you like us or you want to be in our guild, I'm not saying you can't be in our guild. I'm just saying that our guild may or may not be for you, yeah. um, depending on what you want to do in game and, and things like that, because it's not like your run of the mill you know, podcast guild. It's just for anybody, um, in the podcast. Um, so if you're interested, definitely, you know, reach out to us and and we can talk to you about it, but I just want to throw that out there that, um, you know, don't take it personally, but our guild definitely isn't for everybody. It's just for certain types of players that want to do certain types of things. Yep. There you go. That was explained beautifully. Thank you. (laughs) Kira, would you like to see a trick I learned? No, I don't find that sort of thing amusing. Come now, Kira. I am sure you would enjoy it. Apparently, giving life creatures a dose of death magic is explosive. Oh, very well. Show me this trick. So Lex, why don't you let our listeners know how they can find us? I would be happy to do that. We are currently on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can get us there. You can get the link for that, as well as many other helpful links in our show notes. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly on our webpage. And our webpage is LexStarWalker.com. That's right. And we want to say thank you to Michelle and Vampire3 for their five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank both you. of Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, both of these reviews are from new players who found the podcast helpful. Yes. Thank you very much. And we're very glad that um, we are being helpful to new players. <laughs> yes. That's one of our goals. Yeah, I mean, this podcast is for anybody that plays Rift and loves Rift, but we especially want to help out our new players. And one of the the comments that we've gotten that that I found very, I guess, informative or I'm not sure if that's the right word. Revealing. Revealing or um, whatever. Kind of let me know that that we're on the right track is... Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I think it was one of these two people. I can't remember which one specifically. I'm sorry. But um, one of you said basically that you're new to the game mm-hmm. and you're very grateful to have this podcast to kind of be a roadmap or a guide to new players. And, you know, there are other podcasts out there that have, you know, made content like this, but these podcasts have been around for a while and, and you had to go back and listen to back episodes to get things more directed to the new players. And, and a lot of that is, is outdated, you know, cause the game changes. So, um, I thought that was really cool and, and I'm really glad that, um, that, that it's helpful to you guys. Now, two years from now, when people are listening to our back episodes, these mm-hmm. episodes may not be as helpful, but by then there'll be some new, uh, green-eared podcast that we'll be (laughs) talking about the game at that point, right? That's right. Hopefully. You can uh, also email us any comments 
any questions or any requests for topics that you'd like for us to cover, our email address is theriftpodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter for updates and find out when we're recording next at The Rift Podcast. Well, Nikki, I think we've about wrapped it up. Was there something else you wanted to add? No, we've covered it. Are you sure? I thought I saw you waving over there or something. Oh, no. You were just getting a little far from the mic. I started getting worried. Oh, <laughs> oh well, uh, I might have to boost that in post. Too far away. We'll take care of it in post. We're That's doing right. it live. <laughs> That's right. And uh, speaking of mics, um, I, I know not all of our listeners follow us on Twitter or Google Plus or whatever. Um, so, and, and hopefully you guys have already noticed mm-hmm. an improvement Hopefully, <laughs> in our sound quality. Um, we have gotten some major upgrades to our studio here at Through the Rift this week. Um, we're still uh, learning the ins and outs of the new equipment and uh, playing with all the buttons and dials. Yes, they're very fancy. <laughs> yes, but... Um, it has greatly decreased uh, the headache and pain in the ass of editing. Um, it hopefully is improving the sound quality. Uh, we're still, you know, getting everything dialed in, so it may not be perfect yet, but we're getting there. And I really hope that you guys have been listening to this and thinking, "Wow, it sounds a little better this week." Yes, yeah, so we we can cross our fingers. <laughs> yeah. So um, that wraps up episode five of Through the Rift. Thank you very much, all of our listeners, for supporting the podcast. And most of all, everybody, enjoy the game. Yes. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, guys. Bye. This episode's music provided by Ish, Cloudwalker, Renfield, and Transboy. Please see the show notes for more details at LexStarWalker.com. Let's start the show off by talking about what we've been up to in game this week. Nikki? Yes? I like stalled out. Let me start over. Okay. (laughs) I thought maybe I made a mistake. No, I just like suddenly my brain went blank. I don't know what to say. I'm awesome.